0: great i mean um obviously being on hiatus for for so long and now doing something new again it's like kind of like it's like you're uh you know the first uh kind of sniff of 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 what you've done is is uh by uh folks that obviously are going to um grade you and score you and tell you how it's it is or isn't <laughs> like what's something that you've, you've done. It's trial by fire, you know, and and then obviously we get to go play some shows and get kind of that uh, feedback as well. So it's, it's good though, because, you know, we, we recorded the album about a year ago, over a year ago. And so this is kind of the first time now that folks are finally getting to hear it. And it's just kind of cool to just, you know, it's always cool to just hear what, what folks might, Think or um, you know, hear or feel from from what you've done. I assume that in a normal cycle, you're kind of out there touring
1: and playing, and maybe you'll play uh, some of the songs live, and 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 then the reviews come in. But is this is this a side effect of Covert, or is it just a side effect of not playing in a, the, the band for you know however many years?
0: Uh, it's probably a little bit of both. I mean, Midlake has never we've never been really that prolific in you know, just churning stuff out and we also haven't switched gears that well where we're either recording or we're or, or touring. So um, this gave a very definite um, kind of like <laughs> long cycle of doing nothing or, or obviously recording there towards the end and then getting out there. So, so yeah, it, it, it kind of probably for a lot of folks because – we didn't say anything for a long time. There was, there was no real expectation, you know. <laughs> maybe maybe we work best with with low expectations <laughs> or no expectations.
1: You, you didn't say anything as far as as like signaling to people that you were still in a band or that, that you're going to continue to put out music.
0: I mean, we probably had some like cryptic, uh, you know, just like lines out there of, of, of existence because obviously we did still exist we were still friends we're still doing other projects we're pl- making music we're you know starting families and stuff so it's it's not like we had gone away we just we just hadn't put out a new record and I guess understandably that's that's the definition of existence you know if you're making new music and touring which we weren't doing
1: it seems like the announcement of the record and then the reviews and going on tour, everything happened in pretty quick succession. That's hurry up and wait, I
0: suppose. Yeah, it, it did, and in, in, in the sense that you know, once you know, we we knew when when things were going to be able to be, um, uh, I guess, announced or released. Um, but we were kind of we had just, we had started talking about this in 2019. We didn't know what was ahead of us, um, but. Because of that, it kind of in, in in some ways, for lack of a better term, it put us at the back of the line because there were so much music and, and shows that got pushed that we were we were just kind of thinking we were on schedule of the of a band putting out a, a new record or, or going on tour and we're like, oh wait, we, we gonna have to, we're gonna have to kind of stagger this a little bit. And we did and, 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 and have, and obviously our album's not even Fully out yet. So, um, it's been nice though to just kind of get out there, play these Texas residency shows, remember how to play a show and banter and, and, you know, dust, dust off the boots a little bit to, um, get out there and stay up past midnight.
1: <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, I assume is the kind of thing that gets, harder the older you get and you've got kids and everything else so you're probably and during the pandemic like i know i I only speak for myself but i know that i'm in bed by 10 these days
0: (laughs) (laughs) well it's just hard to straddle both lifestyles is is the thing like when you're on tour you can be on a different schedule altogether and then you and your responsibilities are you know being at soundcheck maybe and and obviously (laughs) being at the show Whereas it's different when you're at, at home and, and you're a, a husband and a, a father and, uh, whatever else responsibilities you might have. So to be doing these Texas residency shows amidst also going, Oh yeah, like tomorrow I'm, I'm getting the kids up at six and, and, uh, you know, taking them to school. Like, yeah, it's, it's just hard to straddle, but you know, it is what it is. I'm not, I'm not going to lament that it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's good.
1: From when we're recording this, it's a couple of Denton shows at a at a bar slash nightclub there, and then like all of a sudden you're in Europe, which is quite it's <laughs> quite a jump.
0: Yeah, um, uh, yeah, and 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 in a lot of ways, you know, us us guys, um, you know, it's it's the double edged sword of being away, and especially for for you know a, a period of time where you know there's just the absence of your your normalcy and your family and all the things that we have here, and then it's kind of going on on tour and working. Daddy's working, but but you would be lying if it wasn't uh, also this kind of um, appreciation of 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 kind of being able to switch gears and and you know your your day to day changing a bit <laughs> of, of of what is the have to, you know.
1: I mean, do you find yourself miss- missing the road if you've gone an extended period and not toured?
0: Uh, not necessarily. No. I mean, we, we've, we've done a lot and I, I, appreciate it very much of, of what we've been able to see and do. Um, I, I, I and I enjoy it and I, I will enjoy it, but it, it's, it's for me, it's not something that like, I feel like, like we, ha- I have to do and, and continue to do, or, um, I think, especially, you know, as, as things like evolve in our own personal lives, it, you, you know, what, what is uh balance to us probably kind of changes. And, um, I'm, I'm really quite content with the domestic, you know, kind of existence and then, and, and what, you know, with, between my family and my my friends and and what I do here, I, I quite enjoy. It doesn't mean that I, I won't enjoy traveling, but it's not something where I'm like, "Oh, I have to get out there, I have to leave, I have to get away and 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 do that thing." Um, uh, so, so yeah, I think I, and I hope that's a healthy thing where it's like I enjoy it. It's it's a great thing, but uh, you know, even even when I didn't have. A family. I always loved returning home. You know, it, it felt great to be back in Denton. I say this not not as
1: a touring musician, but I think this applies to a lot of things in life. I mean, that, it, that sounds like probably the most healthy approach to it because the flip side of that is that you, uh, you're miserable in the place that you are and, and you're longing for that other thing.
0: Yeah, the grass can't always be greener, but, you know, both both sides can be green, you know?
1: <laughs> Probably should have sort of phrased the question less being about being on tour and more about playing live. And that, obviously that's a big part of what you do. Is it is it hard to go long stretches and not have that live experience?
0: No, I, you know, I, I will say with the shows that we did, especially being in kind of like our backyard of, of doing the Fort Worth and the Austin shows. And like you mentioned, we have these hometown shows coming up next month that I, I it, it is a great, great feeling. Um, when, you know, people gather and, and celebrate, you know, music and, and sing back to you these songs. And especially over the past couple of years with, with not being able to do that, it was that much more impactful to be able to do so. Um, and I think in, in some ways and, and not, you know, obviously, especially considering this time away, it has made us appreciate it that much more. Um, and appreciate one another, um, as well, just as, as friends. So yes, of course, I, I miss that. I appreciate it. Um, and I, and I enjoy it. Um, but you know, it, 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 you kind of you kind of try to put things in perspective as as well, and uh, I, I think that's a big part of, of even us doing this thing again um, as Midlake has has definitely done the
1: hiatus or the pause or, or however you want to phrase it ended up being longer than anticipated. You know what, what would have been like. Five or six years turns into eight years when there's a, a sure. global pandemic happening. But it sounds like you were pretty cognizant of the fact that that time away is exactly what you needed. That you knew that 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 getting away from this thing that you had done for so long would, if everything went according to plan, re-energize everything.
0: Yeah, you know, I, it, it, it was a very intentional decision, you know, uh, we were cognizant of the fact that things maybe weren't as healthy um, when, when we, when we were kind of on that, that last stretch of the campaign for, for Antifon in 2014. And I really wanted to do other Musical expressions, you know, obviously we did the collaborative banquet. I did a solo record. We worked with other other artists as well, collectively and separately. And and like I, I said, we, we started families and not that those things could not coexist with Midlake. It's just that none of those things coexisted with Midlake. Up until then, we, you know, we were very, um, committed and, and, and kind of very intentional about, about doing that thing. And so I felt like it was a good time to step away with an honest expression of, I don't know if I want to or we want to do this thing again. And, you know, there were respective, uh, experiences and revelations of sorts that, that brought people back to the idea of like, should, should just asking the question, should we try to work together as Midlake and write together as Midlake and, 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 you know, hopefully make another album? So that, that is what happened it, to your point. Yeah, it probably took a little longer th- than it would have otherwise, but, you know, that wasn't something that was even sought out as a as a time frame it's one thing to say hey things are kind of rough
1: and sticky right now and for our own health and sanity and friendship and for the the sake of this group we need to step away it's another thing though to say like hey i don't necessarily know if i want to keep doing it and it it sounds like there was a little bit of that ladder camp in there
0: yeah of course there were there was both you know i mean yeah we've never we've never done it By obligation, like okay, we have to do this. Of course, there there's a bit of onus that you take on as far as you know. uh, We obviously have uh, a record label that maybe you you've committed to X amount of albums. Um, Obviously, you have a fan base that that is interested in in what you might do or say next. But again. We always, and I think for better or worse, we always made albums within a time frame that was our own, within an influence that was our own, and it was an honest expression of where we were at at that given time. Um And I, I really think it's no exception, really, now, it's just there's more of a balance of of, of that and, and, and more things to uh, just consider.
1: It wasn't a hundred percent certainty for you or the band in general that what's happening right now would happen at some point.
0: Absolutely not. And not even in the the form that it is. I mean, I, you know, I'm still friends with Tim I'm, and I, I talked to him and we text and share music and such. And, you know, we had, thrown around the idea of what it what would it look like like to reconvene you know in some form or fashion um and that that has not happened but it's not out of out of the the question of happening you know i I think it's it's a very fluid type of thing and and um as far as uh, you know what what midlake is or was or will be and and even just all, all of us as friends and 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 collaborators.
1: Is it possible to be collaborators in in some way to, to work together on whether it's songwriting or putting a record together and not have him, you know, necessarily be on tour. I mean, it sounds like that was a kind of a big sticking point for him. Uh, I mean, he
0: definitely didn't love um, the performing aspect, or at least I, I think that's, that's what I don't want to put words into his mouth, but that was something that, you know, wasn't as enjoyable. I think, you know, the, kind of recording and, and and making this piece of art that is an, an album was was more his forte but i think the the crux of the problem became that that even became a difficult thing for us to to kind of collectively find a place of kind of mutual arrival of a, of 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 it being good enough or it being great or it being right, you know, and that that can be subjective, you know, in
1: terms of his own sort of perfectionist tendencies and wanting to spend more time on something. I mean,
0: uh, I, again, I think without putting words in Tim's mouth, I think it was just arriving at the place where something was complete or right and and that being subjective between everybody. But yeah, for him, I think he felt very confident in that when something was there, he would know it was there. And I think, you know, we were quite open and transparent about while working on that album that wasn't to to be that the frustrations lied. And I think some of the guys that, man, I, I don't know what to do or how to participate to get it there. And Tim kind of feeling like, oh, well, man, I, you don't trust me to help get it there or to feel like we're going to kind of mutually arrive at a place that we agree. And so uh, I'm just going to make the decision and, and go, you know, um, and I, I kind of felt in between that in a lot of ways of trying to kind of salvage some place of, of hope
1: you and anybody making a piece of art wants it to be the best thing that it can be. But you know, there's so many instances, particularly in like rock music or popular music where things are just doomed by people trying to get it the last, like 2% of the way there.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously it's hard to have an objective type of view of, of, of what you're doing. I think in some ways it was the saving grace of having John Congleton produce this album is that When you're, when you're self-producing, you're self, you know, recording, you're self-mixing, you know, it, it, it can be very, uh, heavy as far as trying to, to kind of decide what is right and what is wrong. Um, and I think it, it, it did, it was cause for, in some ways, kind of, I think, the strain that we maybe felt between, you know, friends and artists of trying to kind of walk that balance beam, you know,
1: a lot of factors at play, obviously, you know, everybody is invested in a particular record that in a way that maybe somebody coming in from the outside wouldn't be in in that they weren't there from the beginning, but also it's that old adage of do fish know they're in water, where it's impossible to really have any sort of objective view of what you've have been
0: working on because you've been at the center of it. Yeah. And, and you know, I think somewhere, somewhere in in our process of making records, we did realize, you know, the law of diminishing returns is a real thing and songs can get, they can kind of lose their, their, their soul. They can, they can lose the excitement and the spirit um, that, that, that is at the core and uh, a lot of times at at the, you know, the paramount um, stage of, of, uh, of, of recording, you know, I, I, you know, on that last album, we started playing songs live more than we ever had before recording them. And in some ways it was, I don't want to, I don't want to say it was an Achilles heel because it, it was, I think a really good thing, but, it became how do we how do we do how do we capture what we did with that song live now on a recording and um we couldn't um and i think that's okay you know i mean um uh, you know with courage of others we actually did the, i think the, the the 180 of that where we made an album and then go okay Let's not do that exactly live. Let's kind of bring it to life a little bit more. I'm a tech journalist, is my
1: my main gig. In that world, it, there there's the phrase uh, minimal viable product, which is MVP. <laughs> what ingredients does this thing require for you to get it to market? And, and that's mm-hmm. that's something that you have to do live, right? You know, you don't you don't have the luxuries that you have in the studio, and it's almost like a, a math problem of like what are the ingredients that we absolutely
0: need to make this thing work? Well, that, and we also, I think there was a conscious effort of becoming a stronger live band of bringing now at that, at that point we had three albums. Like how, how do we kind of navigate between the discography and really have a powerful live show Um, and of course that, that comes with, with, with your, your, your crew with sound and and lighting, but it's, it's the kind of the, the presentation, um, just how you, you make a song that's recorded translate to a live performance. And that was, and is really important to us. How did you crack the code? What did you figure out?
1: You know, what, what was, what was missing (laughs) from the live show previously? Uh,
0: you know, I mean, at that time we added, you know, we were a five piece for a long, long time, and I know it always probably is cliche where you start, you know, adding, you know, people, you know, it's like we got our we're just like a scallaband all of a sudden. <laughs> we need more didgeridoos. Um, no, but but you, I think there was partly that where you know we recorded, you know, in a lush. You know, type of way. So it did help adding a couple people to the mix of just, you know, what that would sound like. And, and you only have so many hands uh, and so many voices. So that inherently helped. I think we were more conscious about, especially on Courage of Others, because they started to book us in like seated venues. And for a band, especially a rock band, even though we, we would say we're on the softer side of rock. It, when, when people are seated, it, it, it creates a, um, a certain, I don't know, it's just a certain vibe that that it can make it a little bit more difficult to feel like there's that energy that I think we really longed and, and, and fed off of, um, longed for and fed off of. So I, I think it, it really was like trying to capture a stronger, bigger, um, p- more powerful uh, performance and, and songs that even were a little bit more melancholy. When people are
1: seated, you almost like have to do more heavy lifting because they're not giving you back energy in the same way.
0: Well, I mean, I will say that, and, and, and I'm sure a lot of artists feel the same way. Where sometimes you just you just have to kind of close your eyes and 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 kind of get into the music. Um, yourself or, uh, you know, find the person that's getting into it, even in a seated way and say, all right, that's, you know, because, you know, a, a live performance is, it's like, it's like an, an album of its own. It's like a new album of its own where you're, you know, you're creating something even though these are songs, a part of a discography that it, that is of itself and has its own experience that you Talk about after the the show, and oh, that was a good one. And I really felt this song went well, and that one. Oh, I really felt like the the crowd enjoyed this new one. Or you know, there there is a a narrative that a new narrative each night. You know, and so I, not to say that uh, uh, something so binary as seated or standing c- can dictate that. I, I think it's just those little things that you notice that you know, just kind of can, can help tr- translate a feeling, you know, the math has to change pretty dramatically for you in the live setting
1: when all of a sudden, like you're out in front in a way that you hadn't been previously.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you know, when, you know, Tim and I were kind of like, we would both kind of stand at, at the middle of the stage and I would talk mostly. Um, But it, you know, looking back, you know, I started doubling melodies with Tim, and then I would switch to a, a harmony on songs, and it kind of, yeah, with vocals. So it it kind of, in a way, even though I, I it wasn't what I was wanting, it kind of helped create this this evolution transition of not being so much of a jump as it maybe would have been otherwise. So coming out of the gate with Antiphon, doing those songs, even though I, I wanted him there with me, I felt more comfortable than I would have otherwise and knew that it wasn't my choice. And I, but I still want to pay homage to that disc- discography that we're all a part of. Um, and, and that hopefully folks would still dig it. And I, I will say I was pleasantly surprised at um the reception when the vast
1: majority of your catalog was recorded with him around you're effectively singing those old songs you know you're you're singing his parts and it's obviously it's not a cover song in that it's the same band but when you do go out there and you do you do cover a song by another band you have to sort of make that choice of how closely do i want to hue to the original artist's interpretation
0: yeah i mean musically it's it, it probably, it, well, I mean, it is, it's, it's very similar, um, even though, you know, bands can change kind of like, uh, how they, they represent a, a song. And a, for me, I actually don't love it when a, a band totally changes like the the, the, the way, but I, I get it also. So I'm sure there's a little bit of that in, instrumentally or musically, but of course, vocally, that's the largest change, which would happen over time anyways with an artist where you're like, all right, we're going to need to take this song down a step or maybe two steps, you know, just to sing it, you know, um, properly. But I, I, again, think that especially with more albums, you know, there were three albums that he sang lead on. Now there's two albums that I've sang lead on. It kind of gives you a little bit more options, you know, to where maybe you're just playing – two to three songs off of of a past album and, and you're kind of letting a, a, an audience or a fan base kind of grow hopefully with you and always paying homage to that, but not having to rely as heavily on that music.
1: When a lot of people go out on tour and they haven't played a piece of music for in a long time, they'll go back and listen to it on record, you know, to, to jog their memory. Um, you know, in that case specifically, when you, you know, you have to sort of, in a sense, reinterpret a song that he was singing on. Um, What is, what is that experience like? And, and like, you know, how do you pay homage if that's what you're trying to do without trying to hew as closely as possible?
0: Yeah, no, it's a good question. And I will say, I am thankful to have sang a lot of those songs, whether, well, like I said, whether it was a melody or a harmony with Tim. Oops, sorry. Um, because it made it to where I didn't have to think about it. It's not like I was looking at a lyric sheet and going, okay, let me, like it was, it was kind of already back there. And so we could play the song I could sing the song. The guys could sing the harmonies, and it wasn't as much of a a uh, a task of trying to you know to to, to make it something that seems so foreign to me because it, it it wasn't. I I will say there's definitely something about writing a song, and it being kind of just it's just there. And then there's something about singing a song so much and knowing it, being so familiar with it, that it's there too. They are different things, but it's like anything that something comes on the radio of a song that you love. And it's just like, just like the synonyms and the, the melody just comes out of your being because it's a part of you because you have saying it just so many times that there was that, 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 Uh, was present I think even after a hiatus of like oh yeah that song Um, it's just kind of back there you just kind of have to dig it up a little bit in terms of that transition specifically you know we were
1: saying for this last record or the the hiatus between the two that it it wasn't a foregone conclusion that the band would necessarily do this again but when he
0: left was it pretty clear that the band was going to continue on it was at that time and, and a big part of that was I think mine and our own stubbornness and and honestly just being hurt of, of feeling like man we've been working on an album for two years we have made a commitment to make this this an album together, even with our label as I previously kind of mentioned of of some type of of onus of like well we made a commitment um and that was, I think the last album of that commitment, um, that we wanted to do something. And at the time we had talked about, even with Tim, even though this was all very quickly of using some of those ideas, those songs for the album. And then would I sing them? Would Tim sing them? You know, it was just a big, like whirlwind of like, what do we do now? Um, and within a day or two, we had decided, look, we're just gonna, let's try to write all new music, all new songs, and make all new recordings, and that be the album. And again, I think part of it was our own stubbornness and, and, and being hurt and saying, no, I don't want to lean on, on that material. Um, and, you know, thankfully, we were able to to pull up the bootstraps and 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 get it done. I think that stubbornness is uh, underrated as a motivator, people,
1: <laughs> <laughs> just in terms of like forward momentum, but also not spite exactly, but it it is something that I think that that, that it is kind of underrated as a as a catalyst as a
0: factor in the creative process. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I you know maybe less now than then, but I I feel like. Time is a is a precious thing. I mean, even now. I mean, obviously, in in many different ways. But then, my my time was monopolized by our work on on, on Midlake. It really was hard. It was a hard pill to swallow. Like this two years of work and these songs are just going to be nothing. They're going to be nothing. They're going to go away. And so no one will hear them. This won't come out. This, this work will be for naught. um, it still bothers me to some degree, even though some of the couple of those songs did get released. I I think I struggle with change sometimes and that's a big change. You
1: know, Um, so there's no instance, you know, and I've heard, I've heard stories from a lot of like writers who had to throw out entire books for, any number of reasons. And, and obviously there's a lot of stories, in the music industry and all those machinations for, you know, somebody like not just writing an album, but recording it and putting it out and, and, and it never coming out. I and mean, there's very few, if any scenarios in which that's a pleasant process. I assume you were pouring your, you know, heart and soul and all those bodily fluids into the record, into those songs in the way you would with any other set of songs
0: it's true but maybe maybe it's my own um, I don't know maybe l- transparency or lack of filter where I would just say this is what I I had then now I, I'm going to do another album and hopefully it's better but, but this is the best I had then because otherwise then okay I, I'll just you know obviously not put out that book or that album and then keep you know, writing another one and it, it, sorry, it took me X amount of time to create a better one. I think I'd rather just be more transparent and say, you know, this is the best I had then whether I knew it or, or didn't that, that, you know, wherever it fell on the scale, because it's hard when you're in the midst of it, you know, um, to know what it is you've got other than, where you're at you know this is the thing that i created this is the the statement that i have to say right now and i'll make another statement later <laughs> you know that that's kind of how i uh look at it and i realize that that's it's not an easy it's tough because when when that filter's not there well then you're you're kind of throwing yourself to the lions you know like okay well i don't really believe in it and now they're going to they're going to really tear it to shreds and then i'm going to agree with them and That's totally valid. Um, but at the same time, I think it's, 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 it's in a way, it's more honest of being, well, this is, this is where I'm at right now. This is the best I've got right now tomorrow might have something
1: better you know it's funny when you say time is a precious thing you know in reference to i guess having to scrap all that i usually when i talk to musicians who've been in bands for a while when they talk about time being a pre- precious thing it's a motivator as far as feeling like hey like i just i don't have as many hours in the day or maybe i have a family or you know i don't know how many like albums i necessarily have ahead of me that it you know it being a motivating factor of realizing at a certain point time is a finite resource and you really want to
0: put out that album that you've been putting off for a long time i definitely get in these like modes of like okay i'm working on this thing you know you kind of get blinders on and 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 definitely that period was a blinder of we're making a, a mid-lake album and when we're doing the banquet thing, or if I was doing a solo thing, and obviously when we did um, the new mid-lake album, there's always going to be a balance with, with, with when you have a family, of course, where you're always doing that. And I think that's actually a healthy thing to have that. And that, that doesn't go away. But I personally, it's hard for me to look too far ahead because I only, I it's, it's much easier and I think in my way, more responsible to be like, this is the thing that's like, I'm all about right now artistically. And I'm really want to be entrenched in that thing and focus on that thing. And if someone's like, well, okay, when are you making another mid Lake record? Or are you going to do this thing or that? It's like, I, I don't know because I, I, those things are harder to straddle for me. And when we were in the, the trenches of that, And then of the Midlake album that never came out. Well, after the fact, yeah. To to answer your question, it's, it's disheartening because you're like, man, I was in that. And now I know that the time that I was in that and all the guys could be like that produced nothing. (laughs) And, And maybe not that extreme of nothingness you can always kind of pull some, some, some silver lining from it. But, but yeah, it, I wanted for myself and for everybody to for that work not be for not. Maybe that's why for you on a personal level, the band
1: needed to be on hiatus in order for your solo work or for banquet or for anything else to really succeed in that, you know, if, if mid-lake is still this kind of looming presence for you, and if that feels like a side project, then maybe you're not really able to focus 100% in on it in the way that you would be otherwise.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it sounds cliche, but, you know, the joy of, of doing these things really became a big part of why I wanted to do it. And not to say that mid was or isn't a, a joy. It just became a harder thing to enjoy. And even projects like Banquet or, or my solo album that you could easily say, you know, weren't as successful. They were really enjoyable. And I really got to dig in and appreciate just the joy of, of, of making music with friends and, 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 and touring and, and putting out albums. And I think now where we're at with Midlake those things all exist again. And that's a really refreshing thing. I
1: think it's okay to admit that it wasn't a joy, that there were points that, you know, maybe even long stretches where it isn't, it wasn't a joy. I mean, that's, that, that's healthy. You know, you, you, you can't lie to yourself about
0: that. No, uh, you're right. And <laughs> it just sounds, you know, I think.
1: You don't want to sound like you're taking it for granted because you get sure. to do this really cool thing. And, and, and I appreciate that, but. It's, a, you know, at the end of the day, as much as you love it, there are points when it is a job, when this is the thing that you're doing for a living. And like, it can't feel like living the dream every second of doing it.
0: Yeah. any Anything, like you said, can become a, a job. And even though I do feel like we have appreciated and enjoyed that job, it did feel like it became more of a task and and not worth the squeeze, you know. And, and I think that was a big part of of, of stopping um, whether that was going to be a pause or a stop that that was a, a catalyst for that. It sounds like the wheels uh, were in motion prior to
1: the pandemic starting. And, and I asked this because I, I was talking to a friend today about a tenuously a, a band possibly getting back together. And I was comparing it to um, to all those people who like hook up with or reconnect with their exes during the pandemic where we've just like, had all of these hours in a day to just reflect on like all of the good things and the things that, that we were missing. I mean, even though the wheels were in motion prior to the pandemic, is there a sense that the past two years have like played a role in really
0: uh, catalyzing things? You know, it goes without saying that absence does make the heart grow fonder and there's a nostalgia or a romantic type of sentiment that, that goes along with with reconvening. It's not like we didn't maintain a relationship, both personally and artistically, because we, we did, you know, make music in different ways together and obviously share time with our families, and we were still here in Denton. But the heaviness of a lockdown for an artist that's just like they're kind of bred to kind of like, I got to go, go, go and do this and that and the other. It kind of made everybody get creative of like, okay, well, how, how can I do something? And I think the technology, um, aspect helped. It it, it kind of helped accomplish it because we were doing things in, in silos. We were kind of sharing things, um, over email or text and, and getting in like smaller groups. And we didn't all get together that much at all. And, and I, and not really till we, we started getting closer with um, kind of the construction of, of these tunes. Yeah. I mean, it, it was kind of a, a double edged sword, you know, with, but it was also the silver lining of like, yeah, you can't go out and tour with some, somebody you can't go do this thing or that we're all here in denton texas and we all before we got locked down had the <laughs> this kind of respective yet mutual revelation of a feeling good about making music together again as mid-lake and and now in some ways we're forced to to not have a lot of things to do, so so yeah.
1: When you talk about the kind of the lack of urgency, or you know maybe not being like super prolific, do you feel like having stayed in the city has sort of lent itself to that, T- to not feeling like a super sense of urgency to have to put out an album every year or two?
0: Uh, I mean, it could. I mean, I will say you know Denton is has a uh, has a comfort for everybody that that maybe might not be offered elsewhere um there's you know because the cost of living is just lower than la or new york it it, it doesn't force you as much to have to hustle to go okay we got to go find the next gig or put out another album or it's you know not to say that those things necessarily would would dictate what you're going to do but of course it would at least create some urgency, but I appreciate that because Midlake has never been one to, to, to really produce by, by, by force or obligation. I will say just as musicians, uh, outside of Midlake, of course it's palpable when you're in a bigger city and especially one like LA or New York where just opportunity happens. Um, a lot quicker and, and, and in a very, um, community type way. Um, uh, just, yeah, there, there, there's, there's something different in that way. So I think you lose some of that, but the trade off as far as the band, I, I would much rather just stay in, in Den, Texas because, you know, we could have our own studio. We could, you know, buy a home and we, we started a bar that we owned together. I mean, those are things that, you know, I really feel have been valuable uh, to us and, and that the rat race that might occur inherently in a, in a, in a larger, more expensive market, just maybe not worth it.
1: Sly Stone was born there, if I'm not mistaken. There's obviously a, you know, a lot of bands come through there as well, but it is, it does have proximity to Dallas Fort Worth, but it, you know, it's a small, it's, it's what, like, you know, somewhere between a hundred, 200,000 people. Is there something about it that really, you know, fosters
0: musicality? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think, you know, the university, university of North Texas with the, the, specifically with the jazz program that they've had for years and, and and obviously is recognized worldwide helps kind of create a foundational appreciation for the arts. And I think a lot of musicians that have come to that program, whether they were jazz or classical or, or any genre and then Found out like, well, uh, there's only so many artists that can go fly to New York and just become just a jazzer or something that, that, that musical influence then translated into pop or, or rock or, or whatever as far as, as their, um, musical genre. But I think it did create an inherent appreciation for the arts because it was so saturated with artists. And then those artists, a lot of them, like I said, they didn't, they didn't go, Moved to New York, they just stayed there and they got married, had kids, they bought a home, they ran for for council or whatever, and and they were the people that were in your neighborhood, the people that went out and 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 uh, supported um, just what was the, uh, the the city and and how it operated and operates. Um, I do think that has evolved to, to some degree. Um, the city has grown, uh, you know, hundred, maybe 30, 140,000 people. Um, there's not as much of a need to really go down to Dallas because we have what we need, you know, in, in Denton. and I think that, that at least for me, you know not nothing against a metropolitan area, but it it's kind of helped kind of kind of marry the the just the the large and the small um of 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 what a city has, but you know there there's i just i i guess i'm I'm saying that <clears throat> that that little small town type um vibe that still does exist um has kind of a, a a balance also of, of the growth that, that, that is happening um, as well. And I think with some of that, it, it, it can lose some of that, that, um, that artistic kind of thread that kind of, uh, kind of one that, that lacks any pretense, you know, um, as the years go by. Uh, and it's also a larger conversation of just, kind of where our our culture is at and you kind of see the devalue of of art (laughs) um but I would like to think that 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 still does exist um whether that be literally in, in in music and art or just in architecture and and you know in a cafe or a bar or a restaurant I think our town really does have a great uh depiction of uh, or representation of that because if you were sitting in the middle of our downtown square and you're looking around you would just see a bunch of great you know independently owned mom and pop shops that are doing something just from their own hearts that they wanted to create and i think that's a, a very unique thing